0: Contact us at www.theblueagency.com
1: The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich.
2: Anthony Reich, a very good morning. Shavua Tov, how are you?
1: Bokar Tov, Shavua Tov. We, I think we can even say Chodesh Tov and Shana Tov. Yeah, I think I, we can. It's new year. We, do, we don't usually talk about the new month when it's the new year, mm-hmm. um, but I hope everybody had a good uh, long weekend, a good uh, uh, hug. And that uh, everything worked out well. And, and the good news in Israel is that in spite of all of these major security arrangements, especially in Jerusalem, things seem to be relatively calm. There is some breaking news this morning where um, there was a, a report of a terrorist having been neutralized um, after attempting to carry out a stabbing attack at the Mizmoria checkpoint, which is near Har um in the area of Jerusalem on the road to Gush Etzion. Um, there were no reports of injuries on the Israeli side, um, but this kind of follows some tension along the Gaza border, where there have been some riots along the Gaza border over the last few days. And in fact, the Israeli um, uh, security forces were in action to try to um, re- to resolve some issues. There was apparently live fire that was fired from the Gaza side of the border towards Israel. Uh, A drone apparently was deployed by Israeli security services in order to try to keep control of things, events on the Gaza side of the border. And in fact, it was announced that the reopening of the crossing from Gaza into Israel to allow workers, Gazan workers, uh, to enter Israel after the holiday period, because there was an entire closure um, that was imposed over the weekend over Rosh Hashanah in order to just ensure security mm, as far mm. as possible because clearly it's a very, very sensitive time, a lot of people out and about, and also just accumulations of people, people getting together in shuls all around, which presents a certain security threat. Um, and so as a result of that, the uh, security services did decide to impose an a, 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 an entire closure, especially on the areas crossing uh, which is where the Gazan workers usually come to and from Israel um, from their day's work uh, back backwards and forwards to Gaza. And uh, it was announced today that there's been a delay of 24 hours on the reopening of the Ares Crossing. So there's no uh, Gazan workers coming into Israel today. Uh, and the plan is that that should be reopened tomorrow. But clearly tension and, of course, now with the terror attack that's just been reported mm-hmm. this morning from the Mizmoria checkpoint, um, even further tension. And, of course, the holiday period is not over. We will have Yom Kippur next week and thereafter Sukkot. And so um, these security arrangements will continue to be in place uh, off and on in order to try and ensure that all of us in Israel are able to enjoy our chagim. With a certain sense of peace and security.
2: Absolutely, and here is the story that's finally happened. Prime Minister uh, is on his way to the U.S. for a meeting with President Biden. Uh, that's also for his address with the UN General Assembly. So, uh, so it's happening. It's happening.
1: It is happening. It is happening. The UN General Assembly um, begins. The the um, the international the addresses by international leaders will begin tomorrow. And I've noticed that South African Prime Minister, South African President Ramaphosa is on the agenda for tomorrow's session. Um, I haven't been able to see when Prime Minister Netanyahu will address the UN General Assembly because for some reason the uh, agenda for Wednesday and Thursday this week hasn't yet been uh, finalized or hasn't yet been made public. But we know for sure that the Prime Minister will address the General Assembly later this week. He will clearly return to Israel before Yom Kippur. um, And he will not uh, be participating in the uh, Assembly meeting that will happen on Saturday. So I'm guessing it will be either tomorrow, it will be either Wednesday or Thursday. But as soon as I know, I will um, update you uh, for those who might be interested to follow that. But of course, the big news is the fact that he will formally now be meeting with President Biden in New York. He's not been invited to the White House. The meeting will take place in New York. Um, It will be around the edges of the UN General Assembly meeting. Of course, President Biden will also be in New York uh, to address the UN General Assembly. And um, it's interesting to have a look and see what the main items on the agenda for their meeting are. According to the reports that I have read, the main items on the agenda are Saudi Arabia, Iran, and the Palestinian issue, as well as judicial reform. Those seem to be, at least what's being uh, made public, the main items um, that will be discussed between the two leaders. We do know that President Biden is doing this somewhat reluctantly. This doesn't seem to be a wholehearted, Mm, mm. you know, yes, let's get together. This is a relatively kind of reluctant kind of meeting. And I'm not sure how much of it is about U.S. security concerns or U.S. security interests and how much of it might be looking forward towards the next U.S. presidential election because uh, President Biden still needs to um, get through all of that. I expect that he will probably be able to gain the, uh, the uh, The vote of uh, the Democratic Party relatively simply, I think that uh, they generally put forward the current president as their candidate i 'm um, not sure if there will be a primary situation, I think not, um, but whatever it is um, of course he has to get through the next general election and it 's interesting now to think about how the Jewish vote in the United States might go because once upon a time it was automatic. That the Jewish vote wanted to see their candidate supporting Israel every step of the way. That was once mm, a certain mm, rhetoric in the yeah. United States, but these days I'm not so sure that that's the situation because there is so much uh, uh, discussion and debate and and lack of uh, agreement amongst U.S. Jews about. How the United States should be responding to Israel in the current day and age. And in fact, it's interesting that ahead of the Prime Minister's departure to the United States last night, he immediately came out saying that the uh, protest movement in Israel is aligning itself with those Jews in the diaspora who are favoring Iran and the Palestinians. And he's kind of trying to link that all together to say the protest movement in Israel is really linking up with some of those anti Israeli Jews, which there seem to be more and more of in the diaspora these days, maybe not so much in the local community in South Africa, but certainly when you look at US Jews, there is definitely a divide between those who support Israel come what may, or with some thought having been given, and those who are really anti-Israel for one reason or another. Um, And so the the, the Prime Minister has really been trying to link people together. And, of course, it is his strategy, and it has been his strategy already for some time, to really label people. You know, anybody who opposes him has been labeled as a leftist. And he's trying somehow to label the, the protest movement and to, trying to link them to anti-Israel elements around the world. So it's going to be very interesting to see what, how the US Jews will be responding to the prime minister and how they will be responding to the Israeli issue, because the Israeli issue is clearly an election item in every single US election. So all of that is a background, uh, behind the uh, meeting between President Biden and the Prime Minister which is due to take place in New York later this week and of course the protesters were at the airport last night in their thousands to protest against the Prime Minister uh, leaving uh, to go to the US with uh, his wife Sarah and of course there will be protests in the US as well with much of the protest moving have, movement having been mobilized to protest against the Prime Minister while he is in New York. So once again, there are some questions that are being asked here about how sensible all of that is. I mean, we have our internal issues, and that's all fine and well. Is it appropriate for those demonstrations to be taken to New York and for people to be protesting about, against the prime minister in New York on local Israeli issues? Is that the right thing to mm-hmm. be doing? I'm sure that the listeners will have their views on yeah, that.
2: It's, it's, it's so fascinating because I really think that, that, that diaspora jury have really been caught up in in something that that they that they needed to be cautious of, and and to some extent, you know, I was thinking about it a lot over Rosh Hashanah and and, and uh, the relationship with Israel and and what our role is, because I think that for me certainly a time Rosh Hashanah is, is is to think about what my role is and what our role is in general in life, like what are we are we actually doing here, and and to some extent, I feel like that the the diaspora. Jury have missed a trick here because our role i think should be to remind israel israelis to remind jews in israel just how good things actually are and to give a little bit of perspective in other words in other words not to get caught up In the negativity and the hyperbolic language that is actually coming out of Israel. And instead of just absorbing it and taking it on and pushing it back out there, amplifying it, so to speak, I think that our role should have been uh, to, to keep some perspective given our distance from the event. And, uh, mm. and uh, you know, it it it's and, – and unfortunately, American Jews, South African Jews, to a lesser extent, but we've all gotten caught up in it rather than stepping back and saying, hold on a minute, you know, is this – you know, can we add value here rather than just amplifying it?
1: Mm. And, and I think that, you know, just to counter that, Howard, because I think your views is, is very much welcome and respected, and I think that there is a counter view to that from an Israeli Jew. Mm. And I think that Israeli Jews have missed a trick here in terms of their relationship with diaspora Jews, because what Israeli Jews have tried to do or many Israeli Jews have tried to do have, is to have dragged diaspora Jews into the local mm. Israeli mm. issue and to try to encourage people to take a, take, take a stand, mostly to take a stand against the current government. And I think that that is a mistake. And I think to try and drag diaspora Jews into this internal debate is not the correct approach. And I still think that that Israeli Jews should have taken a slightly different view and said to the diaspora Jews, we still value your support for the state of Israel, irrespective of our internal affairs, rather than to try and drag people in to take a view and to potentially hold a negative view about what's going on in Israel, which I think a lot of people have to. I think that the relationship between Israel and Diaspora jury has been damaged over this period. And I think that that's a shame because it would be nice to be able to say to Diaspora Jews, Israel is not a perfect place and there are a lot of issues, but there is a lot to support here. There is a lot to be grateful for and there's a lot of good which we would like you to continue to support. So rather than get involved in our internal debates, because it really is an internal debate, it is not... I mean, there might be a discussion about the nature of the Jewish state, but I think that there is so much good in Israel that Mm diaspora Jews can Mm. support, and I think we've missed a trick to try and um, attract that support and to try and encourage diaspora Jews to look at things in a slightly different
2: way. Yeah, very, very interesting. UNESCO has listed a site near Jericho as a World Heritage Site in Palestine. So this is this is Jericho, yeah. where Joshua, where Yehoshua, um, uh, the the first uh, walled city to be conquered uh, back in the day.
1: Mm-hmm. And of course, um, you know the seven times around the wall of Jericho, and we were reminded of the seven times around the wall of Jericho because just before the blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, which happened only one day instead of two days because of Shabbat, we say the uh and we say it seven times. And the reason we say it seven times before we blow the shofar is to signify the seven times around the walls of Jericho, right? So we, we're going back to, there, there is all this link going on and here we have the UNESCO meeting um, that took place, interestingly, in Riyadh, in Saudi yeah. Arabia. And um, it did have Representation from Israel for the very, very first time, an Israeli delegation was allowed to participate in the meeting in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, even though Israel doesn't have uh, a a diplomatic uh, uh, relations with Saudi Arabia, at least not quite yet. Uh, An Israeli delegation was there and they were there to witness UNESCO voting to include this site just outside Jericho as a World Heritage Site in Palestine, and that's important because that's been added on by UNESCO. Of course, this decision has angered Israel. It has um, attracted a positive response from uh, a Palestinian Authority, President Mahmoud Abbas, who welcomed the statement and said that it testifies to the authenticity and history of the Palestinian people. Really, that's one of the more ridiculous things that I've heard said. I mean, I think we could have chosen many, many uh, really truthful things to say uh, that clearly not one of them. Um, but the point is that UNESCO themselves are not quite sure whether it has a Jewish link to the site or not. On the one hand, there was some clarification that was issued that said that the site, which has been listed by UNESCO as Tel Es Sultan, which is also called Tel Jericho, um, because, you know, we, we call things different names, Um, And it dates back um, quite a number of years. It is very, very historical and has a lot of archaeological link to it. And UNESCO did issue this clarification, at least somebody within UNESCO said, that there are Christian and Jewish links to the site, um, or at least nearby the site, whereas uh, someone else uh, within UNESCO said, really, there's no Jewish or Christian link to it at all. So lots and lots of confusion, but clearly a political statement being made once again and it's a similar statement to the one that was made when the old city of
2: Hebron was mm. also listed mm.
1: as a world heritage site in Palestine so this is UNESCO just the same old mm. same old mm. all over Very again. Very disappointing
2: uh, we thought that maybe they had moved in a better direction clearly not that was the Israel report Anthony Reich thank you as always we'll catch you tomorrow morning at 7 45.
0: That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency Your Israel property is in good hands. contact us at www.theblueagency.com.